My name is Pedro Mujabafid, and we at TMC aim to discuss and inform students regarding topics which aren't covered well in medical school. This interview series is aimed at answering the questions that medical students, interns and doctors-to-be have regarding the various career pathways for medical graduates. Now, the views and opinions expressed here are purely personal and are not reflective or representative of the stance of any employer, college, medical service, endorsement or other person. All right, let's start the show. Hi everyone, with us today we have Dr. Daniel Golshevsky, who's a consultant paediatrician. Thank you for joining us, Daniel. My pleasure. Can you tell us about your journey from medical student to paediatrician? Sure. I graduated um, school in 2000 and then went straight into university. Took my time there, um, taking time off to travel around a bit and, and have some fun before getting all serious and then graduated end of 2007 from Melbourne Uni. I then did my internship at St Vincent's Hospital, which is where I trained as my clinical school, and moved into paediatrics, which would have been 2009, as my first year, and never left. Okay, and when did you decide paediatrics was a specialty for you? Throughout training, I always knew that that was on my list of things that I was interested in gaining more experience with. Um, but I approached it with a very open mindset and would always encourage everyone to do the same because your experience of medicine as a student is extremely different to your experience as a trainee, basic and advanced, and then completely different to life as a consultant, which is where you spend most of your time. And so to make a decision when you are very much in your infancy in terms of your medical journey, I think is sometimes a little bit um, premature. Mm-hmm. And were there any other uh, specialties that you considered besides paediatrics? Funnily enough, the one that I considered um, mostly was, was geriatrics. Yeah. And I've since found out that that's quite a common uh, thing to consider for people who go into paediatrics. That the medicine is very similar um, at other ends of the age spectrum, where you are dealing a lot with families. You've got two sets of patients, it's essentially. And you're dealing with um, people who, patients who are um, dependent in various ways. Yeah. And what was it that pushed you from geriatrics to paediatrics? One day in paediatrics and uh, my mind was made up. So I did a term in geriatrics in my internship, but never had the opportunity to practice paediatrics until I stepped foot into the Royal Children's. And it was clear to me from the very first minute of the very first day that I never wanted to return to adult medicine. Yeah. And when did you, when was that first step into Royal Children's? Was that a position as a doctor here? I was as a junior resident medical officer at the kids. Um, and is that something that the St. Vincent's does? Gives you rotations up at Royal no, Children's? No, okay. this was after my internship. I believe now you are able to get paediatric terms through St. Vincent's yeah. in your internship or residency year. But for me, I had to wait until um, I had completed my internship and then could apply as a junior resident. Okay. And so you thoroughly enjoyed that residency term, did you? I loved it. And and I didn't dislike adult medicine, quite the opposite. I loved it. And I'm someone who I had the the pleasure and displeasure of loving every single job that I've done. Mm -hmm. Do neurosurgery, all of a sudden all I want to be is a neurosurgeon. Do orthopedic, perhaps not orthopedics, but everything that I did I loved. And um, I enjoyed adult medicine, the practice of it, but perhaps enjoyed the um, 
the surroundings and the uh, approach to children much more, which is why I stayed with paediatrics. Did you ever give much consideration to surgery at all? Um, no, no. I, ser- I loved, I enjoy surgery. I enjoy using my hands, um, certainly small things, suturing lax and, and closing. I always enjoyed that. But to be a surgeon, um, I was quite put off by the training pathway although it has gotten a bit more streamlined since then, but I never really considered it, no. Mm-hmm. Plus, in brackets, my knowledge of anatomy is appalling. Yeah. <laughs> Close brackets. <laughs> um, can you tell us a bit about the roles that you have currently as a consultant paediatrician and how these roles have come to be? Sure. In paediatrics, it's not like adult medicine. There are very few places on the other end of graduating with your um, your letters, your fellowship. So... If you think about how many adult hospitals there are across the state and then compare that to just one singular children's hospital and um, very few other centres like Monash, Geelong, etc., who have paediatric services. So positions are very hard to come by in the public sector. And so what most people will do is practice privately as a way of um, sort of bridging that gap until you can either attain a public position if that is what you seek or continue to practice privately. So right now I would call myself 50-50 public and private. Mm-hmm. And how do you, I guess it might be when you first graduate as a consultant, um, how do you gain patients when you haven't had a public appointment as a private physician? It's very, very difficult, but it happens quicker than you think. And everybody has a different way of doing it and it depends where you start, how you start. So for example, what I did, um, which I found valuable was I made my decisions based on where I felt that there were gaps in my knowledge and experience, not based on um, paying the mortgage or something that was considered highly sought after. So the first job that I did was a locum outpatient job covering for someone who is now a colleague who was going away for six weeks and wanted me to cover her clinics. And it was very low stress. I had no pressure um, because the, the room was essentially paid for by her. We split the, the profit from that. So for me, going from my salary as an advanced trainee, which is relatively low compared to consultant salary, um, it was a very nice and easy transition for me. Plus, I had the backup of being able to contact her for any clinical inquiries. And then moving forward, I joined a group which receives referrals to the group and so I would receive referrals just like any of the general mm-hmm. pediatricians so get patients that way and then making sure um, if you practice good clinical medicine it comes back to you so every patient that I see I write a very timely very concise and helpful letter back to the GP and within weeks you can see that GP's name again they refer back to you and then that's how it grows. Yeah, okay. Because that GP will work with four other GPs who might say, oh, this guy's pretty quick. Can you, you know, there's the added benefit of being able to get in to see someone new very quickly yeah. as opposed to an experienced guy who might have months and months of a waiting list. Sure, yeah. And then lastly, the fastest way in paediatrics to build your private practice is to participate in neonatal medicine. Yeah, that's where all the patients are coming from. That's where they're coming from, and you build up very quickly by 
um, what most people will do is offer a, a check at six weeks. Yep. So if you have a busy weekend um, catching lots of babies, you will then have a busy clinic in six weeks' time. And you know maybe 10% of those patients have got older siblings. The parents might be happy with your work and might bring their siblings, and then it just snowballs from there. Yeah. Please make sure to complete the survey for this episode. We want to make sure the episodes are as useful as possible, and the surveys help us to monitor whether they're making an impact on our fellow peers. It only takes 30 seconds, and it helps more than you can imagine. The link can be found on our Facebook and our blog. Just before we move on to a little bit more about paediatrics, you mentioned that you did a bit of travel as part of uni. Uh, would you? Is that something that you'd recommend? What did you do as part of your travel? Was it just finding yourself, or is it? If I if I could tattoo a, a mantra, I would say, "Do not be in a hurry." Yeah, we're, we're always in a hurry to get to the end of whatever stage, where whatever journey we're on. But um, you you realize very quickly when you're on the other side that, damn, you wish you could go back. So I took things very, very slowly, um, was in no hurry at all. I took off two years during the course of medicine and um, went part-time for a period as well just to to travel, pursue other interests. I've got lots of other interests outside of medicine and I never really wanted them to suffer. Um, would I recommend it? Absolutely. Because I think that the more experiences you have in life as a person makes you um, more empathic, makes you a better clinician and more personal as well. Was it a difficult decision to make at the time to take the time off? Seeing, for example, maybe your friends go ahead or come into a different year level or anything like that? Um, No, because the people that I was friends with, they all shared the same mentality. So at various stages, we took off years and we all ended up meeting up again. Mm Mm-hmm. And that, that never influenced me. And would you say, if at all, it's impacted your career pathway? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, in a positive way. Yeah. So any experience, be it travel or work or taking time off to do something completely separate to medicine, it just makes you a better person, which by definition makes you a better doctor. Awesome. What's the time frame for getting onto a REG training program as a pediatrician? It's changing dramatically very, very quickly. For me, I was lucky. I seemed to ride just before the wave, this this tsunami, for want of a better term, of of medical graduates. So for me, um, it was internship and then basic training, Mm -hmm. essentially. It was not not, um, as difficult then as it is now to get onto a, a program. So for now, I'm not entirely sure, but I sit on the interview panel occasionally at the children's for junior positions and I can see just how um, how much the, the quality has increased and these CVs are blowing out yeah. in a very impressive way. So it seems to be taking longer and longer, but once you are on the training program, it is a similar length of time. Yeah. And with that regard, how does one, how do you make yourself more desirable, uh, a more desirable candidate? Again, I think by living. Um, there are certain prerequisites you need to have yep. on that CV, and I think we all know what they are. And then other things will help beef up that CV, publications, um, participation. Um, but really the thing that I look most for in these interviews is, is the individual who's able to reflect on past experience. And if you have just put your head in the books from 
you know, year 10 all the way through and you've never lifted your head up to look at the world, to experience life, to have any sort of engagement with the outside world, then it's very difficult to reflect on a limited experience um, and then build upon that. So for me, I think get out there and you don't have to take time off. I appreciate for some people it's not possible financially, socially, whatever it might be. I don't think you need to necessarily take time off from medicine, but I think you do need to have a life outside of medicine. Mm -hmm. And it's never um, as important as when you're studying for any exams. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Can you tell us a bit about your specialty and what your typical day involves? So as I said, I'm I'm probably half-half public and private. Um, Most mornings I will start my day by doing a round of private inpatients wherever they they might be i cover three different hospitals in the southeast suburbs um sometimes that can give me a bit of road rage as i do i am spread a little bit thin but um mostly that's all right and then i either come to the children's hospital for public or private work or i go to cabrini in malvern for private work which is a mixture of um, attending deliveries, caesarean sections, emergencies, and inpatient and outpatient work. And how much of your time is spent doing non-clinical things? It differs according to the day. Most of my administrative things is done after hours, unfortunately, but I would probably say that two-thirds would be clinical. Yeah. And how much of your time are you currently spending on the road too much too much too much um yeah i live in the southeast so commuting to the children's is always a fair bit of time but i don't i don't mind that i'm you know deep in the world of podcasts so that's okay and i do tend to catch up on some phone calls yeah when i'm in the car hands-free of course yeah of course course. you can listen to our podcast absolutely (laughs) Besides, obviously, saving kids and saving the lives of kids, what's the most rewarding part about being a paediatrician? I love the babies, the, the newborns. Yeah. I, I really enjoy that um, process. And probably the thing that I love most and that I, that I cherish most is the ability um, to be a non-pharmacological source of anxiolysis. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. what, that's what I love. Yeah. Um, Parents who might come in uh, or a child who comes in very anxious about something they're feeling or they're worried about, um, people will always see Dr. Google prior to coming in and just being able to demystify that, um, allay some of their fears or anxieties or if there is something of concern, giving them a uh, path moving forward of investigation and management that sets their mind at ease whether there is a good or a bad outcome i think that if you can help them along that journey they're very appreciative and feel much more calm Mm -hmm. and conversely um, as specific to pediatrics as possible what aspect of your job would you struggle with the most good question um i think it's very very hard when a when a when parents have a child with a problem that was unexpected. So um, an emergency delivery birth plan goes out the window, child is sick, needs resuscitation, might need to be transferred to a tertiary centre away from the parents, which is very, very difficult for all involved. Um, That's never easy. And also 
dealing with sickness in children. You're, you're dealing with multiple patients. That the patient is your priority, but there's also parents and mm-hmm. and and the family unit as a whole. And that's never easy and never enjoyable, mm-hmm. especially if the outcome is not good. Yeah. Where do you see paediatrics in the next five to ten years? Do you see it changing much? I do see it changing a lot. I see um, right before my eyes in the private sector that fewer and fewer people have a family GP, a regular person who they connect with and take their child to for your average cough and cold and paediatric query. And so more and more people are using private paediatricians or public emergency departments as their Almost their GP. Pseudo-GP, that's yeah. right. And so my practice is becoming um, more varied. There's a lot of super-specialised issues, but then a lot of very general viral upper respiratory tract infection kind of presentations. So it's not a problem for me. It's just an interesting shift in the landscape mm-hmm. that we're seeing. Make sure to keep in touch with us through social media. Our handle is at the Med Collab. That's T-H-E-M-E-D-C-O-L-L-A-B on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also subscribe to our podcast for our weekly release. Now back to the show. Uh, how would, can, you, can you comment on your work-life balance? Yes. Um, I have three kids, one of whom is, how old is she, three months, so I... Work-life balance is very important to me and there are many, many times where I will um, I will leave work, go home, help put the kids to bed, go back to work um, just to have that experience because I'm not quite willing to not see my kids grow up and not yep. participate and be, and be home. Um, it is always a struggle, always a struggle. And I think everybody thinks they're not doing it well but I try my hardest and remind myself all the time that of what is important. And as long as I feel that I'm doing my bit for my family and that I'm also keeping my patients safe, I'm happy. And how many hours on average are you working a week? And is that quite consistent? No, no, it's not consistent at all. It depends what my public load is. Um, when I have inpatient cover at the children's put in many more hours here but I reduce my hours privately um, having that ability to flex is very helpful and there are some times where I will be on call privately have a mammoth weekend and then the week following that is very busy because yeah. there are lots of patients to be seen depending on whether they're well or unwell so um, it varies a lot there are some weeks where I'm much more calm and I'm able to pursue other interests spend more time at home do drop off pick up etc but there are plenty of times when yeah, I feel very spread very, very thin. Yeah, yeah. And you mentioned that you have a lot of interests outside of medicine. What are some of those interests and how do you fit them in? Uh, I wouldn't say being staying fit is an interest. I find it more of a chore because I've never been very good at it. But I try to do that. Um, the biggest interest for me is in um, the media and is in um, parent ent- uh, education and... I guess infotainment is the term that I came across recently. So I do a lot of writing for um, Raising Children's Network and helping with development of clinical practice guidelines, 
kids health info at the children's um, trying to um, teach parents about common misconceptions demystifying information that's out there and that's something that I, I love to pursue in non-clinical time mm-hmm. yeah um, and how has your life kind of changed going from your junior years as a pediatric reg and now into being a consultant um, you sometimes I still feel like I'm a trainee and I think that's good in some ways you don't want to get ahead of yourself but in ways that it's changed when you are a trainee you have one job you have one you know reg or consulting you've just got a very singular focus which is very easy to put all your energy to into and you're never quite spread too thin you have one place to be and one job to do and you might be busy but when you clock off it's someone else's job and you can just relax or be present wherever you are away from hospital that's something that I struggle with my phone's always on it's always ringing it's very intrusive and I'm still getting used to this transition into you know the adult I guess playground is what I call it um, where you don't have the luxury of being able to just clock off Mm -hmm. it's very very hard if you do want to go away for the weekend or or have a night off you've got to arrange cover you've got to think about all the different possibilities and and, you know permutations combinations of things that could go wrong and you just don't want to leave a patient or a nurse looking after your patient you don't want to leave them in a lurch so you've got to cover for those possibilities and that's a very very hard transition for me Mm. and the last two questions i had was what would you have wanted to know about paediatrics before you got into paediatrics? Paediatrics is a hell of a lot easier if you have your own kids already. Ah. So for some of my friends and colleagues who had kids prior to our exam, they found that having a child was the easiest way to study because it's just there right in front of you. Development is in front of your eyes. You try and learn development from a textbook, it's very hard. Whereas if you just watch your child grow up, you've got mental images of when your child spoke, when they walked, when they waved, when they gained joint attention. Everything is just in front of you and you remember it because it's your child. Yeah. Um, The other thing is that for me, and I can't speak for others, but for me, I am a significantly better paediatrician for having had children because I'm not saying that you need to go through that process of pregnancy childbirth early childhood period toddler etc in order to know what you're talking about but it makes it much easier to relate and I would definitely say that my practice has changed since being a father for the first again for the second again for the third Mm -hmm. and the last question is what advice would you want to give to interns Do not make up your mind too early about the path you want to go down. If you're doing a rotation, be present. Do it like you're going to do it for the rest of your life. And that way you really throw yourself into lots of different areas. Do not be in a rush. Do not be in a rush. I cannot stress that enough. Because right now, chances are, unless Hollywood comes knocking on my door, I'm going to be a paediatrician for a very long time. And... If I had my time again, I probably would have enjoyed being a trainee just for a little bit longer. I was in a hurry. Everyone's always in a hurry. But then you get to the other end and you realise, okay, there's this massive marathon in front of me and it would be nice to do a sprint every now and then. Yeah. But you don't get off that conveyor belt. So 
yeah, don't be in a hurry. Don't make up your mind too early. Speak to a million people, as many people as you can. Get as much experience as you can. There's nothing stopping you from going up to any specialist and just saying, hey, can I just spend half a day with you? I just want to see what life is like because life on the other side of the fence is so incredibly, incredibly different. For example, the majority of your training is hospital-based. The majority of doctors who graduate don't work in hospitals. They work in outpatient settings. So we don't get a lot of outpatient training mm-hmm. relative to how much you actually do. Yeah, correct. Wonderful. Thank you so much for your time. Appreciate it. Anytime. My pleasure. That's it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. If there's any doctors you'd like us to interview, or if there's any questions you'd like asked, please shoot us a message. We listen and respond to every single message that comes through. All right, guys. See you next week.